Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is on for this Friday. We've got a big show ahead of you planned. We're live here for the next two hours if you want to give us a buzz. But first and foremost, what a great baseball postseason it was. We had some Thursday night football. We'll preview the games this weekend. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. And Craig Mitchell live here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good to be with you on this Friday as another football weekend is upon us, which means a lot of fantasy, a lot of wagering, and for me, uh, a, another bat mitzvah this weekend on Saturday night. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Gator, Gator game against LSU, and got to miss some of that for. Uh, for Bob Mitzvah, but listen, this is uh, the job of the parent, the job of the dad, the job of the husband. Got to do it, and so that's what I have in store for me, along with Little League and everything else. But we got a big weekend of football. Don't worry about my problems. I, my problems are small in comparison to the world, that's for sure. If you want to hit me up here on the show, here's the phone number, 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. As always, we have Sean Glostamaki producing this show today, so we'll have his pizza review a little bit later in the program as we will check in with him, and certainly we'll have our Trust or Bus segment for this Friday. We've got Jamie Eisenberg on the show in just a little bit. I spent some time on the Vegas Stats and Information Network earlier today talking about some of the lines. We, of course, can do that here on this show. But first and foremost, we're here, and and, and I think that at this stage of the game, you kind of know what your fantasy team is. But at the same time, this season in particular, at least for me, has been kind of a tale of of at least two halves, so to speak. Well, I mean, we're still in the first half. We're going to be halfway done, basically, after this week. And in a couple of my leagues, I was feeling really confident. I started off 2-0, and then I fell back. A couple of other leagues didn't start off that great, started off 1-2, and two, and then won a couple of fantasy leagues. Well, what, uh, games in my league, I should say. And so as it stands right here, I, I don't think that I know one way or the other on any of my teams how I'm doing. Because there are players that I drafted that I'm still waiting for to break out. I've drafted also some players who have broken out in a big way that I'm not sure that I 100% trust. And so we are kind of coming up on that put, or, put up or shut up time for me in fantasy. But I will say this, as I look at some of the players that have broken out for me in a big way. One of them would be Godwin on uh, Tampa Bay. He, of course, has gotten off to a great start. That's fantastic. Some I have on my teams, like 
Miles Sanders and David Montgomery, who've done absolutely nothing. And I wonder if over the next few games we're going to get anything different or it's just going to kind of be more of the same. And the reason why I think that this year is more of an anomaly than anything else is because a fantasy, as you know, is, there's a lot of luck involved in football. And a lot of it is who you're playing against in terms of your opponent. It really doesn't matter how good your team is if you play against a guy who has a monster game. As an example, you can have Christian McCaffrey at every single fantasy league, but if you ended up going in that week against Nick Chubb and Godwin, you've still probably lost. So the skill at this point seems to me, maybe it's not so much about your team it's just about these teams and targeting the tanking teams in the NFL. In all of my years watching and covering the NFL, and I was somebody who was uh, who was on the road with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I, I traveled home and road. I've traveled home and road with the Dolphins different times. This is going back years and years. I don't ever recall a season in the history of me watching this where you have so many teams that are – headed toward two and 14 type seasons. Now, some of that has to do with the quarterbacking. I get it. But for every Ben Roethlisberger situation and for every Sam Darnold situation, there's a Teddy Bridgewater. There's a Gardner Minshew. So some teams in this dreadful campaign have been at least more prepared than others. But if you simply are targeting teams that really don't have a chance on Sunday. I don't know that it matters so much about who you have on your team as opposed to who the opponent is. And there's going to be those weeks like this week where the Redskins are going to play the Dolphins and you kind of throw that out the window. But why not target Cincinnati? Why not target the Jets? Why not target the Giants? Why not target the Arizona Cardinals? I can keep going. There's about eight to ten teams in the NFL that you know if you're going to play your guys against this team, you're going to probably have success. Now, finding those players is the absolute key to this, and that's what we'll try and work through here on the show today is finding some of those good matchups as we try and get a trust or bust segment going and try to figure out where those players are and where they lie today, and we'll knock that out here on the show. But coming up next... It's time for the opening drive here on the program. And while there are questions in fantasy, there's no question in reality in baseball. We know exactly who's going to be playing in the American League Championship and NL Championship. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. Also, a recap of last night's game in the NFL, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I guess you want to call it that. It was somewhat competitive for a while. But the outcome was more or less predictable that eventually the Patriots would win and they would win by a lot. When I was on with Sean yesterday... Uh, did take the Patriots minus the points, although I didn't feel great about it. I don't like taking big favorites in the NFL. So I've got a few games on my slate that I like this week. We'll go over those as well. But most importantly, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Hit me up if you have any questions or comments, of course, on the phone lines. And coming up next, we dive into what's the latest is in football, baseball, sports, pop culture in general. As the opening drive is next here on Fantasy Sports Today, I'm Craig Mish here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and, of course, over on Sports Grid. And we'll be back after a short timeout. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. Caught the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, it is time for the opening drive here on FNTSY. And I... Uh, We'll start off with the Astros. You just heard Joe Ranieri there in the uh, little promo. Let me uh, give you guys a little hot tip. Uh, Mattress Mac, who bet all that money on Houston to win the World Series, this is not a hedger. <laughs> this guy, I know somebody who knows him. Uh, he, he is betting that whole thing on the Astros and waiting for them to win or lose. There is no hedge policy <laughs> involved with Mattress Mac. This guy is all in on Houston. Uh, in general, he's not really a better. It's just he loves the Astros. In fact, he was sitting behind home play last night. I don't know if you guys caught that game on TV. So, Sean, you can pass that message along. It's it, along. It's uh, it's an all-in situation here for him. No matter what where Houston stands, there's no uh, hedging for him. Okay, so let's start off with that. The Houston Astros beat the Rays and advance to the American League Championship Series to take on the Yankees. It'll be a fun atmosphere, I'm sure, in the Bronx and also in Houston. And I, I think it's pretty safe to say that you make the case that those two teams, without a doubt, were the best teams in the American League during the season. I still like Houston in the series. I thought the Rays ended up making it interesting and give them a lot of credit for doing what they did. But Houston is built for the World Series. They're built for the postseason. If you remember last year, Correa, Altuve, uh, these guys were hurt going into the postseason it was a little bit of a different scenario. They are more or less healthy now. And I think, uh, you know, Garrett Cole will be a huge difference maker in this series. The key for the Yankees is clearly that Cole is not going to have the opportunity to pitch games one, four, and seven. So that will definitely be uh, interesting as far as that is concerned. So we start off there. Secondly, uh, the New England Patriots end up beating the Giants pretty handily, but if you watch that game, then you would see that it really wasn't with their offense. The Patriots' defense at this point, if you're playing in fantasy leagues that give you points for defense and you play where you draft defenses, where do they rank? Number one overall. Where do they rank as far as fantasy? I mean, they, they have basically given you more points than any other player that you've drafted more or less in that spot. I, I guess, look, there's some guys you picked up off the waiver wire. DJ Chark on the uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars is a great example of a player off the waiver wire who's done very well. Terry McLaurin also looks pretty good for Washington. But uh, this is a rare scenario where even though, for example, last year the Chicago Bears D played very well, scored some points for you on a weekly basis, the Patriots D is coming up so big. Now, every team on Thursday night is going to play different, but just keep in mind this for the future. Thursday night, home teams usually win. 
and the Giants kind of fell flat on their face after the second quarter. Not a huge surprise there, and I think moving forward, New England still probably historically has a chance to break every record in the book. I believe the all-time record for allowed points is from the Baltimore Ravens over the course of a season, and with this crazy NFL with all the offense that there is, it's amazing that they've been able to get the job done to this point. The other part of the Patriots that certainly I found interesting last night is why Tom Brady is sneaking in all these touchdowns. That's not something that I saw coming into the season, but it seems to be a game plan. He's already got a handful of them. Why not use Sony Michelle in that spot? Not really sure. Is there mind games going on with the head coach and the running back? Totally unclear on that. But how you're just not handing it off to your running back and preserving the health of Tom Brady, who could get hit at the goal line, I don't really know. But it seems to be working for the Patriots. So there's no doubt that there's no reason to really change any of that up as the Patriots win and they actually cover that game last night against the Giants. Was sweating that one for a little bit. Hate taking big favorites in the NFL. Don't generally do it. I just didn't see another side that I liked in that one. So rolled with it there. Uh, Okay, a couple of other issues that we have going on in fantasy. Todd Gurley, running back from the Los Angeles Rams, is still questionable for this Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, on this show throughout the football season, I've been very cautious in giving accolades to to Todd Gurley because he has just not looked the same for me than he did over the last couple of years. But he did score two touchdowns last week, and he did score two touchdowns the week before. He has given you the RB2 value that you've wanted until this point, and then all of a sudden this mystery quad issue pops up. And it could be time to fire up Malcolm Brown, and it could be time to fire up Daryl Henderson. Although I don't have a ton of faith in both of those guys, I certainly think that there's a chance that statistically and even visually they could perform better than Gurley has through the first five weeks of the NFL season. He just hasn't looked like himself. And the part of Gurley to me that has been the most concerning has been uh, dropped balls on passes and just simply put, not a lot of targets out of the backfield in general. Gurley, when he was the best player on the planet and the best fantasy player on the planet, what made him so great was, and you guys know this, was the fake handoffs, take three yards, throw it to him over the middle, and the dude ran like 50 yards for a touchdown. And he did it a lot. A lot over the last two or three years. But that's just not happening this year. And I wonder, and we'll talk to Jamie Eisenberg about this coming up in about an hour from now, and I wonder if there's a chance that this combo team of Brown and Henderson, if that works, what the Rams may decide to do, because the volume has been there for Gurley in terms of the goal line, but nothing else has really shown me in particular that he is uh, going to come back and be the player that he was before. And by the way, that take is, is looks wrong from the beginning of the season. Not being worried about his injuries and not being worried about anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say right now, I, I do have those concerns. That's for sure. And finally, here on the opening drive, my fourth down conversion is is I'm very excited tonight after my day is done, after this show is done, after my live stream is done, and after the kids are put to bed, to fire up the old Netflix and watch El Camino. Now, I watched all of Breaking Bad on demand. I was not somebody that watched Breaking Bad live. I went back and watched all whatever seasons, whatever it was. Never saw a live show, Breaking Bad. Never saw it live. I know it's crazy, but I did. And also, I'm a big fan of Better Call Saul. 
My only fear is between now and tonight, is someone going to ruin this show for me? I'm trying to stay off social media today. I'm trying not to do any searches for it. These people who love to spoil things for you, these people are the worst. There's just no avoiding it. And the only thing these days that you cannot get ruined for you is watching live sports. Beyond that, there's always going to be somebody saying something about some show. I don't know anything that's in this show tonight, but I'm hoping around 9, 10 o'clock when the kids are, are in bed, because tomorrow night, as I said, I got plans. I got the Gators playing against LSU, and I got a bat mitzvah to go to. There's no shot I got to watch this tomorrow night. So I'm going to tell you right now that without a doubt, I am going to be watching this. And I am going to be all in on uh, on this uh, show tonight. So now, where you can go. you uh, watch you this? Net- Netflix. Okay, so it's not coming out in the theaters. I, I don't think so. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. But it's on Netflix. I saw it right now. I queued it up today. I'm like, okay, it's out. I'm in. I'm a big Breaking Bad guy. So, yeah, I'm in. But I watched okay, it on rerun. Great. Like, I didn't watch it live either. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, perfect. Perfect. We'll watch it together tonight, live. You and me, one on one, one on mano a mano. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be catching it tonight. Uh, I would say around ten, and then by midnight, I'll, I almost stayed up last night till midnight just to see it, and then I thought I'm not 26 anymore. Uh, it's not gonna work out well for me in the morning. What happens to Jesse Pinkman? What oh. happens? Yeah, don't tell. Don't. Stop, I don't know. Sean. I don't read spoilers. I don't read spoilers. Good, good. Don't read it. I'm with All you. Right, so That's there the you have it. Though. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought it was a great series. I thought of the eight seasons, there was like six great seasons. And I love Better Call Saul, by the way. I love that show. I think it's great. And it's a shame that it's not back. But uh, Bob Odenkirk's doing a million movies. He doesn't have time for it, I guess. That's the opening drive. We will be right back on Fantasy Sports Today with plenty more. Don't go away. As we continue our fantasy discussion right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, make sure you like and subscribe to our show. And if you're listening on demand on Stitcher or iTunes or anywhere else, give us five stars if you wouldn't mind. I'm Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today rolls on after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. And I've got Sean Guasamacchia producing this show with me as well. We've got Trust or Bust coming up in the, uh, in the next segment. And let's see what else we got a lot, a lot on this show today. It's good to be got, uh, back with you here solo. It's fun to do a show every once in a while by myself. 
like I did all fantasy baseball season. It was pretty uh, pretty cool doing that. We, we, we joined you in June, so let's see. We got June, July, uh, August, September. We're in, uh, we were almost at our five-month anniversary here, here at FNTSY, and everyone has treated me so nicely and so great and very appreciative of that. And uh, Joe and I do the show, by the way, every Monday through Thursday from noon to 2, and we would love to get your feedback and get your input on that as well. So certainly excited to have you guys aboard. And believe it or not, in a couple of months from now, not yet, not yet, but in a couple of months from now, we're going to start getting back into baseball again. Not quite yet. We still got to you know finish out this fantasy football season, this college football season. But I got to tell you, I could see us doing some stuff here. At least I'm talking about it, maybe doing some stuff in December and January. Because uh, people clamor for that baseball info that you guys think that you get from me. How is it possible that I had a fantasy baseball team? I've said this on the show before. Sean probably is like repetitive for him, but for you guys, maybe it's new. How is it possible that one person in an NL fantasy league could have Jack Flaherty, Jacob deGrom, and Ronald Acuna and not win that league? I mean, what did I do wrong? I'm still kicking myself that I had those three players. And I didn't do well. But again, a story for another day. Let me give you my ideas as to some of the things that I see happening this week in fantasy. And um, let me give you just some quick updates as, in terms of injuries as well. Uh, let's start with David Johnson. I think that's a big story this week. And we got Jamie on that coming up in less than an hour from now. Cardinals general manager Steve Keim uh, encouraged by DJ's progress this week and hopes that he certainly will play. He has got a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. This would be horrible. I'm starting to think, though, that I may, in uh, in one of my leagues, I may flex out this kid Edmonds just to see what happens. Because if they cut back DJ's touches... I think I want to. I think I want to maybe get a piece of Edmonds there this week. Maybe even in a DFS format. Certainly possible. T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end of the Detroit Lions, who had that great Week One. Remember that? Remember the T.J. Hawkinson start? What happened there? <laughs> that that didn't exactly continue over the course of the year, although he did look good right before he had that concussion. He's trending toward playing on Monday night. I don't think that there's any scenario where you can wait. I mean, you, you got to find a, another tight end and play somebody else this week. But Hawkinson, I think, in keeper leagues, he and Noah Fant are going to be really good next year. I think those two guys may end up in the top 10. Uh, Deshaun Jackson doesn't look like he's going to play for the Eagles. I think it's safe to say at this point the end is is coming for uh, Deshaun Jackson. I thought that that was a nice pickup by them, and he, of course, showed out in that first week of the season against the Giants. Or Redskins, excuse me. I, I just don't think much of him going forward for the uh, for the remainder of the year. I'm just not big on him. Uh, Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens, who scored last week and then came out of the game, does not look like he's going to play this week for the Ravens. So there are some options here, some sneaky options here. I got to take a look on a couple of my waiver wires and see because Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, and Miles Boykin are the possibilities for the Ravens, and uh, and and Mark Andrews I think would be one that could you know certainly have a good game this week. So uh, the, those would be some recommendations there. The other part of what we do here 
on uh, on the show. The dynamic is is that our practice reports we don't get a lot of that until about three o'clock in the afternoon, usually Eastern time. And that's why full-time fantasy is such a good listen for you guys here because you get to catch them and they give you all of the updates as uh, far as that is concerned. Um, other games in the NFL this week that I like, I'll give you my little bit of a preview here, and I'll tell you why. Sean and I talked about these yesterday. So I'll give you kind of three games that I that I like, and we'll take it from there. Um, I don't like taking favorites in the NFL. I've been trying to teach Sean that this is an underdog world. He doesn't like to listen. Eventually he will. No, I like Cleveland uh, Browns. I do, Cleveland Browns this week, underdog at home. I do, I, I, I do like Cleveland. I'm listening, but I, I like three, three games more than I do like Cleveland, and unfortunately, two are favorites. So that's not something I normally do in the NFL. But I do like a couple of favorites. Uh, the favorites that I like are the Chiefs against the Texans because I'm not a believer in Houston and I think you're catching Kansas City at its lowest point value-wise of the season. They're coming off a loss against the Colts. They're coming off two weeks in a row of not covering the spread. I think that they get back healthy this week. If, if two weeks ago if you would have said what is the line? Houston at KC, you would have said KC by 7 and a half, 8, the line is only 5. This thing started at 6, it went back to 4. I think Tyreek Hill busts out in a big way. Um, I'm not a fan of Houston at all. I think they've been doing it with a little bit of smoke and mirrors. The total is 55 in this game, so you would think that Watson would get his as well. But I am in on KC, and I'm hoping this line shoots back down to four and a half, and I would buy that half and go to four. That'd be the first game. The second game that I like is I I, I like the uh, the Rams this week against the 49ers. This is a very unpopular pick. The public will be all over San Francisco. But because the Rams played last Thursday, they have 10 days to get ready for this game. The 49ers, who played Monday night, only have six. And in addition, they have a couple of injuries to their offensive line that I don't think that people are talking about enough. So I am going to keep a close eye on this. Clearly, Joe Staley is out, of course. We've we've heard that. Uh Kyle Ustek, their fullback, is probably out. I believe he's out in this game. And a couple of their tackles have issues as well. So I think the Rams get after it. I think Aaron Donald has a big day, and I think they win. I think they win by more than three. So that's the second game on my board. And then the third one is like the big ugly game of the week. Would you believe that? Do, do you, does anybody take a look at Marcus Mariota this season and what he's done? Like, I, I know he's not great. And I know that he's not a top 12 fantasy quarterback for sure. But Marcus Mariota has 1,100 passing yards, seven touchdowns. How many interceptions, if you didn't know, would you guess Marcus Mariota has this season? Would you guess he has eight, seven touchdowns, eight picks? He has no picks all season. So in a ball control type game, I'm going to take the team that's getting the points. If you're playing online... What I would do is probably buy a half a point, again, in another game, and I would take the Tennessee Titans plus the three. That's exactly what I would do. Other games that I like dog-wise, I like the Steelers plus the points, plus seven. I'm just not a fan of the Chargers being favored in any game, and when they're favorites, they usually have letdowns. I kind of like the Saints a little bit 
at Jacksonville. They're not much of a dog, but I could see them easily going to Jacksonville and continuing that trend. Remember, this is a trend that's continuing. The Saints just keep winning. How can you go against them? And I am in agreement with Sean. Another big overreaction here. The Browns are at home coming off an ugly bleeping performance on Monday night. And the last time this happened, what did they do against the Baltimore Ravens? They went to Baltimore and won the game outright. I think Cleveland gets right this week as well. So those are just some of the games that I am looking at coming up this week. In college, I think all eyes are on just the the handful of games that have the top 25 matchup. Oklahoma and Texas is the first one. They play that game at noon Eastern, and Oklahoma is 10.5-point favorites. Uh, Texas is so good with their head coach, Tom Herman, when they're underdogs that it seems to be that could be the right side there. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Alabama, believe it or not, CBS Sports decided to take the Alabama-Texas A&M game over the Florida-LSU game. So the 3.30 Eastern game, it's true. So the 3.30 Eastern game, they figure they'll get more people watching Alabama A&M. So uh, Florida LSU's on ESPN on Saturday night. But Alabama's minus 17 at A&M with a total of 61.5. Very high total there. Speaking of those two teams, Florida and LSU, they'll play that game under the lights at 8 o'clock Eastern in Death Valley. LSU is up to a 13.5 point favor. The total is 55.5 because uh, LSU's been scoring. Their quarterback's been really good, Joe Burrow. Also, two teams in the top 25 will face off between Penn State and Iowa. This is a really tough one to call because Penn State, for some people, they say that Penn State's a little bit of a I don't know, paper 5-0. and They beat Buffalo. They beat Pitt. They beat Maryland. They beat Purdue. They beat Idaho. So, you know, you could kind of understand that sentiment. Iowa, on the other hand, man. That game at Michigan last week was so ugly. Ugh. I, I watched like 15 minutes of that. I feel like I you know, I lost time off my life watching that game. And Iowa's been a little bit shaky. They they went to Iowa State. That was a big win for them. They won 18 to 17. But I mean, beating Rutgers is nothing. Beating Middle Tennessee is zero. And beating Miami, Ohio, I guess Miami, Ohio is a D1 team, but man, but between these two teams, they haven't played anybody. I agree. So I don't even have confidence in either team in this one. I'll just stay away from this one. Low scoring. Yeah, I think so. And then also interesting, I think this week, uh, Boise State continues to move up in the top 25. They had that really shaky first game of the year against Florida State, and then since then have rolled. They're at home against Hawaii on uh, Saturday night. They've beaten Hawaii five straight games by 20 points or more. <laughs> I saw that stat. I'm like, ooh, it seems like Boise State would be a good play in that spot. But wacky things, of course, happen in football, and that's why they make those spreads. All right, we'll be right back with a little trust or bust here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sean will ask me some questions, and I'll answer them. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I am Craig Bish with you here on the show. A little football music for your Friday. And we got Jamie Eisenberg coming up in hour number two of the show. We also have an interesting... Roto have full-time fantasy. From 2 to 4 Eastern, uh, we'll get a preview of Sean's show today at 4 at the Betting Window. The uh, great show over on Sports Grid TV and Zumo. Make sure you catch it there. And the weekend over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And uh, still waiting for my invite there, by the way. We're at uh, week 6 here. Gonna, I think it's going to be over quick. Greg Sussman uh, talked about that last week. He, in- he invited you. He uh, inv- sent the invitation. Did he? I don't remember. I mean, I, 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 tr- I trust that Greg did. I didn't get a, <laughs> I didn't get a come host the weekend of shows invitation. That's, a, that's yeah, a good way to put it. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. My wife is trying to get me up there uh, February, but I'm. Uh, I mean, this is baseball time in February, so right. Well, we'll see. Regardless, I'm enjoying the programming on Zumo TV. It's a lot of fun to watch, and I think that everyone is doing a great job for sure. All right, so uh, let's do Trust or Bust. I feel like for the most part on Trust or Bust, I've performed uh, fairly well. I think my one misnomer, I think it was last week perhaps that you asked me. Was it last week you asked me about Will Fuller and I said never and he blew up? Was that the, Is that my biggest mistake so far? I believe so, yeah. We yeah, did, that uh, was a bad one. We, yeah. we did ask about Will Fuller. Yeah. So my apologies on that. I think I've done well otherwise, but uh, saying Will Fuller would be bad last week was obviously an absolutely – Pathetic, horrendous call. So uh, you you can write in to me, send me your letters, send me your complaints, or just go on social media and rip me because you guys do anyway, and uh, and I'll take the heat for that. But beyond that, I think I've done okay. So let's fire off some trust or bust questions. Sean will throw them at me. I'll give you the answers. Sean will give you his opinion. And by the way, I do not know these names in advance. This is always off the cuff. correct. Yep. So I ha- I have to uh, very quickly come up with answers because I feel like that's the best way to do this thing. If uh, you're a good fantasy analyst, you should be able to answer anything very quickly and concisely. And again, we only have 12 minutes in this segment left, so let's get started with it right now. All right, let's start with the London game. Carolina Panthers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you trust? You know the name I'm going to. O.J. Howard. Oh, oh, O.J. Howard. Because you heard this week that they're going to try to get him the football. Uh, Trust or bust O.J. Howard against the Panthers? Do you remember before the season? And he caught a foul ball, too, at the Tampa Bay. I did uh, see that. I did see that. Do you remember before the season in July when Ron Rivera came out and said that they're not going to give Christian McCaffrey the workload that he had last year? Yes, yes, yes. Big news around here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's why I don't pay any attention (laughs) at all. I mean, is is there a statement that has been more wrong than that? Of any of the statements that were made going into the fantasy season, this is why yes. you can't buy that crap. You can't buy it. It doesn't. It's not real. It's all coach speak. And when you go publicly and you say that we want to get OJ Howard involved, that is to placate OJ Howard for the time being. He's still a bust. It's not. I don't even know that it's his fault. But historically speaking, go back and look at the tight ends in Bruce Arians' system. Okay, now. Beyond Heath Miller, I guess, 
What other tight end has ever flourished in Arizona and Pittsburgh that you could remember off the top of your head? Maybe I'm wrong. Can I push back on that? I mean, has there ever been a tight end as talented as O.J. Howard in Bruce Arians' system? Because they're blocking tight ends in in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. That's all they did. Heath Miller, that's all they did. Catch touchdowns. So who was in Arizona? No one of note. Who? I don't know. First-round pick? Not O.J. Howard ability. Jermaine Gresham? No? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Was he there? You sure? I feel like he was there. Gresham? Uh, I don't know. But what has he done since? Nothing. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, didn't they have him at one point? Yeah, what is he? He's a wide receiver. Converted wide receiver. Either way, it sounds like the police are coming for you there, so we better wrap this one up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, O.J. Howard, to me, is a bust until further notice. He certainly could break out at any time. And it wouldn't shock me to see him have a couple of good games. But who in the world – ask yourself this question, Sean. Who in the yeah. world could start him right now? Like, how could you? I agree. I agree. So he's a boss. All right, Jameis Winston, someone who has produced the last couple of weeks. Do you trust he will continue to mm. play well against the Carolina Panthers? Mm. Yeah, or- I mean, look, at this point, it, it's hard. It, it's it's still early, too early for me to say that I'm, I'm going to be completely wrong on Winston. But his stats in terms of quarterbacks are among the top 12. So he is producing like a sort of QB1, but he is obviously always one game from no touchdowns, three picks away from going back in the crapper again. Uh, I will say that, yes, I trust Winston this week to throw for 200 yards and two touchdowns, which gives you some QB1 value. Okay. And again, uh, the quarterbacks on Buffalo and the Bears that are off this week you know, he certainly was better than those anyway. So bye weeks are not really a factor. But again, uh, you're asking me, would I start Josh Rosen ahead of Winston? Would I start Case Keenum in that game? There's a chance of that because I think that there are some quarterbacks that are not as good as him but maybe have better matchups. Uh, clearly at this point with the two quarterbacks off for the bye week and the Giants and Patriots already playing, I think you have no choice but to start Winston. And by the way, in one of my leagues, I started Winston over Brady this week. Interesting. And Brady uh, didn't. Uh, I guess he had two rushing touchdowns. He rushed for. He got and, 15 yeah. points basically. Yeah, it's not. That's not great. All right. No. Let's talk about that big game. The big game we have yet to hit on the Redskins at the Miami Dolphins, right it. in your backyard. Do you trust any of the Dolphins' skilled players against the Redskins this week? Uh, Drake, Preston no, Williams. No. 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 None. No. Uh, I. I would say this. If I'm playing in a super flex league. And I'm down to no quarterbacks. I think this game is going to be Josh Rosen's best game as a Dolphin, which doesn't say much. But I do think that he will fare well. Uh, I I think it'll be a little bit of a spread-around type deal. And I don't know what the health is of all their players and their receivers. There were 10 players on the Dolphins who even after the bye, Sean didn't practice yesterday. It seems like they're practicing today, so that's a good sign for them. Redskins have been prone to giving up some points lately. I think the Dolphins will score some. And I don't. I just don't know who it's going to go to. Maybe one goes to Parker, one goes to Williams, one goes to their tight end Gasecki. Who knows? Uh, I think Rosen goes for two fifty and two touchdowns this week. Nice. I think Keenum. I think Keenum also has a good game as well. All right, let, let's talk about that Washington Redskins offense. Bill Callahan taking over now for the fire. Jay Gruden. Do you trust Adrian Peterson this week against the Dolphins? No, I don't. Uh, I, I Peterson was inactive the first week of the year. The plan was to have Darius Geis get the ball as much as possible. And I and I hate to say this about Adrian Peterson, but look, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, to me, Sean, 
and and again, I don't know his personal situation. I could be wrong about this, but there seems to be a lot of news about how Peterson likes to spend money and how he's made some bad investments. I don't know this to be true. It's just things that I've read, so maybe they're all wrong, and I don't want to ever throw a player under the bus for that. But what what is Adrian Peterson trying to prove at this stage of his career? He is not good anymore. Uh, he is not like Frank Gore is at this stage of Frank Gore's career. I understand Peterson missed a whole year because of being suspended for the whole you know, hitting his kid stuff, which was horrible. And, and I honestly was so mad at that time. I didn't even want him on any of my fantasy leagues. But why is he still playing? Like, they just can't drag the jersey off this guy because, he's, because he wants his extra million each year. Yep. I get it. I understand it. But I don't think he can play anymore. So I'm going to say right. bust. I was going to say he's playing because Daniel Schneider wanted him on the team and um, Jay Gruden did not, but he wins out. But, yeah, that's probably why he's still playing. I, I, this Schneider. week, I'm, I, I think Adrian yep. Peterson this week gets 14 carries. For 30 for, yards? <laughs> nah, about, about 50. 50? About that's 50 not yards. much. All right. That's it. Sam Darnold is back after his um, sickness with mononucleosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's back. So that being said, they're facing the Cowboys. Pretty good defense. Do you trust any of the Jets' wide receivers against the Cowboys' D? Uh, you know, the Cowboys' defense did not look sharp, but I think that Dallas last week did themselves in a little bit. I thought that uh, Prescott made some bad decisions. I also thought that there were some calls that weren't made in that game the proper way. We're seeing a lot of these pass interference calls either not called and then called and not overturned. It's been a bizarre turn for that. Uh, I think Donald is a good quarterback. I've I've stashed him for this long to hope that he could come back and, and be a good bye week fill-in. And I still continue to be a fan of his. So I think Bell finally gets right this week. I do think their receivers are okay. I think Robbie Anderson could be in line for a decent day against Dallas. I'm not really sure where the Cowboys are at. They had three games against bad opponents and did really well. They've had two games against good opponents and did very poorly. Where are the Jets at? I think they're probably with Darnold somewhere in the middle. So this will be a good test for them this week. All right, let's talk about a former Giant who's uh, struggling a little bit in Cleveland. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. We both like the bounce back for the Cleveland Browns this week against the Seahawks at home. Odell Beckham Jr., do you trust him this week, or or will he be a bust? You know why I trust Odell Beckham, uh, Sean? And this is a perfect example. I trust him because I'm hearing nothing about it. That's why I like him. I'm not hearing we got to get him the ball and we got to get him right. Like, just let let the action speak for the the words here. Like, l- let that happen. I think he catches a touchdown this week against Seattle. Interesting. They're back at home. I think it's a good bounce back spot for them. Uh, I, I I agree with you where I think Cleveland's offense gets a little bit right. I don't know what has gone on with Beckham in the first few games, but I like the fact that I haven't heard that. Oh, we got to get him the ball and he's not playing well. Because so far, yeah, I mean, that's worked out in a couple, a couple of different spots. It did work out for Devontae Adams when they said we wanted to get Adams in uh, more involved. And getting him more involved got him hurt. Uh, Beckham catches a touchdown this week for the Browns. I'm in on that. All right, one more for you. Wide receiver Mike Williams, Chargers against the Steelers. That's the Sunday night football game. Do you trust Mike Williams this week? I'm a little concerned now that all the injuries have started to catch up with, with the Chargers. I, I think that there comes a point where... Look, they they definitely are cursed. They've lost so many guys. But I was told at the beginning of the season that Williams was like this breakout candidate and this breakout star. I I still don't see it. I think he's okay. But I don't see him as a week-to-week option. 
And for me, I, I think Pittsburgh has a chance to win this game on Sunday. I, I don't. The, the Chargers as a favorite historically have just not fared well. Rivers had a bad game last week, so the contrarian approach should be for you to play him this week because you know that uh, Rivers in general over the course of his career doesn't have back-to-back weeks. Last week was the worst, one of the worst games he's ever played. He had under 200 yards, no, no touchdowns, hoofed picks. You'd never see that from him. So a bounce back, I think, is coming from him, but it's probably another Keenan Allen game, and I don't think it's a Mike Williams game, Sean. Let me give you an example of what Keenan Allen does. Nothing one week, nothing the next. One week, 14 catches, 200 yards. Then nothing again for three weeks, and then 14 catches for 500 yards and two touchdowns. This is who Keenan Allen is. His stats all come in four games over the course of the year. I think this is one of the games that it could possibly come. And uh, that'll do it for our Trust or Bust segment. Coming up next, we have the best of our first hour. And then let me set you up here on the show for hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. We will have a, one more uh, opening segment. And then we will talk to Jamie Eisenberg for two segments here of CBS Sports at CBSSports.com. Also, in case you missed the show on Wednesday, I was out for the Jewish holiday. Joe Pizapia and Scott Bogman had one of the youngest fantasy football players on the planet. And I thought it was a really cute and well-done interview. So we will play that back for you in the second hour as well. In addition to that, make sure that you listen to the show on demand. If you have the opportunity, download our app, FNTSY. If that doesn't suit you, download the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to us live there and also over on TuneIn and on demand on iTunes or wherever they're calling iTunes right now, Catalina, whatever they're calling in on iTunes, and also the Google Play uh, apps where you can listen to our show and have it sent to you every day. I get notifications right to my phone when my show is available to listen to, and of course I go back and listen and make sure everything sounds tight. We'll continue the show in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. More fantasy sports today after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. We're here, and, and, and I think that at this stage of the game, you kind of know what your fantasy team is. But at the same time, this season in particular, at least for me, has been kind of a tale of, of at least two halves, so to speak. Well, I mean, we're still in the first half. We're going to be halfway done, basically, after this week. And in a couple of my leagues, I was feeling really confident. I started off 2-0, and then I fell back. Couple of other leagues didn't start off that great. Started off one and two, and then won a couple of fantasy leagues. Oh, what uh, games in my league, I should say. And so, as it stands right here, I, I don't think that I know one way or the other on any of my teams how I'm doing. 
because there are players that I drafted that I'm still waiting for to break out. I've drafted also some players who have broken out in a big way that I'm not sure that I 100% trust. And so we are kind of coming up on that put put up or shut up time for me in fantasy. But I will say this. As I look at some of the players that have broken out for me in a big way, one of them would be Godwin on uh, Tampa Bay. He, of course, has gotten off to a great start. That's fantastic. Some I have on my teams like Miles Sanders and David Montgomery, who've done absolutely nothing. And I wonder if over the next few games we're going to get anything different or it's just going to kind of be more of the same. And the reason why I think that this year is more of an anomaly than anything else is because a fantasy, as you know, there's a lot of luck involved in football. And a lot of it is who you're playing against in terms of your opponent. It really doesn't matter how good your team is if you play against a guy who has a monster game. As an example, you can have Christian McCaffrey in every single fantasy league, but if you ended up going in that week against Nick Chubb and Godwin, you still probably lost. So the skill at this point seems to me, maybe it's not so much about your team. It's just about these teams and targeting the tanking teams in the NFL. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.